0: Good morning to you. It's a Monday. I hope it's going to be a good morning. I actually will confess, I just said this to producer sure Jay, I'm a little bit nervous about what we might hear coming out of Jackson, Mississippi at some point this morning or even later today. Uh, generally, when I wake up on Monday afternoons, a lot of times it's injury updates in the NFL. So I I think, of course, there will be some of that. Uh, initially would have been really nervous about Debo Samuel, though it sounds like he has a high ankle sprain and not a serious knee injury, which is certainly what he thought and what many of his teammates thought when he got so emotional and was in so much pain. But now I'm nervous about Mike Leach and some of the reports that have been out there on social. I'm not going to read those to you because I feel like that's unfair. It's unfair and it's it's irresponsible to share speculation from social media. If that's what you're into, you can go and you can find it. But there definitely have been a lot of calls for prayer for him. And there have also been posts that would indicate this is something pretty serious. It was an emergency. He had to be taken to the hospital right away. Something that happened while he was home led to an emergency trip to the hospital. And for no other reason, that's serious even if we don't have any other details. So thinking about Mike Leach and his family this morning, gosh, especially even recently, the death of Grant Wall, but there are others. And no, my own family, we had a a sudden death going back last week, just as a, a reminder, especially around the holidays, that life is so precious, but it's also fleeting. And so thinking of Leach and the Grant Wall family on this Monday morning where it seems to overshadow some of what we're talking about in the NFL. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. You can find us on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, or we're happy to connect with you on Twitter, ALaw Radio, or our show Twitter. After Hours CBS, that's where all of our polls originate in a lot of our video content. And we often share different videos from the world of sports or various highlights. Uh, and so there's, there's all kinds of goodies on our show Twitter as well. We've got our latest poll up, and this is really a popular one that we do on Mondays because, you know, how our football team plays on Sunday often affects our mood And our approach to a Monday. We know that Tom Brady gets to do his Let's Go podcast on Monday. And I can only imagine he's going to be morose and melancholy, morbid, moody, potentially mortified at another loss in which the offense was abysmal, almost non-existent until the Buccaneers were in a five-touchdown hole. I'm I'm not making that up.
1: I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch.
0: Yeah. And they can't seem to snap out of it. So right now, the Buccaneers are part of the poll. We've got three other teams that we've chosen. We certainly know there are other ways you could go. So find us on Twitter or Facebook. Write-in ballots are accepted. I'm not sure the Dolphins need to be mortified on Monday, but... They definitely did not play their best football. They were not living their best life on the West Coast. Best to get back to South Florida pronto. This is the second Street Miami game that was in California, and so they stayed. Remember last week they lost in San Francisco, even though it was Brock Purdy who was getting on the field for the first time or getting on the field in a critical situation for the first time. So the Dolphins lose that one. And then on Sunday Night Football, they're in L.A. against the Chargers, where they definitely had a lot of their own fans. I thought, uh, once again, SoFi Stadium is proving itself to be a stadium that's friendly for all fan bases. (laughs) Not really a home field advantage for either the Rams or the Chargers, at least not right now. And it's a scoreless first quarter. But L.A. is able to put points on the board by using not only that big arm of Justin Herbert, but the plethora of weapons he has when they're healthy. They're not always healthy.
2: Herbert fakes the handoff to Kelly, rolls to his right. All kinds of green in front of him, throws to the end zone, caught! Touchdown Chargers! Mike Williams, 10 yards from Herbert for the 18th time in their careers. Touchdown or bust. They lead by three, 10-7.
3: Look to the right of the center. There's a crease. kitty in motion. Herbert takes the snap. Hands to Eckler. Eckler into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers!
0: So a pair of touchdowns. L.A. comes away with points on three of four drives just before the half. Mike Williams back on the field. Great to see Austin Eckler doing his thing. But those scores are sandwiched around what is a very strange scoring opportunity for the Miami Dolphins.
3: Pistol formation. Receivers left and right. Wilson is the back behind Tunga by Play clock down to six. Tua takes the snap. Hands it off. Wilson straight ahead. Jumps through the hole. Picks up a first down. Across the 45. The ball came out. There's a pile-up for it. It's picked up by Tyreek Hill. Hill is running down the right side. Tyreek Hill is gone to the 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Miami. Tyreek Hill somehow scooped up that ball, went racing down the right side, and nobody saw him. That's a Dolphin touchdown. Field, and and wanted was
0: that. <laughs> it definitely was strange. Because the ball just squirts out of the scrum right at Tyreek Hill's feet. And because everybody is focused on that pileup, he's able to to sneak around behind Tua, who's kind of standing off uh, to the back, and then just race up the sideline. Ryan Radke on Westwood 1. So, yeah, the Jeff Wilson fumble turns into a 57-yard score for Tua. I'm sorry, for the Dolphins and for Tyreek. But L.A. is still up 10 at the half. And in the second half, there's only one touchdown. Whew. Makes it a little tougher when you can't score touchdowns in the second half, huh, L.A.? Third and five of their own 40-yard line. They put Mostert in motion. Goes it
1: downfield, and it's caught! It touched down Miami! Tyreek Hill got that
3: one-on-one coverage on the outside. 60 yards. And no help behind it, Tyreek Hill. Boy, he just explosive
0: plays. He does have another one. Tyreek Hill is on my fantasy team. But I didn't need him this week because I had a bye in the first round of the playoffs. Woo! I'm so excited. I've never had a bye. I've never been the number one seed in any of my fantasy football leagues. I'm not even sure I know how to act. You know how people say... Don't go all crazy over some mundane sack in the third quarter when your team is losing by 20. Been there or when you're up by 20, act like you've been there before. I've never been here before, so I don't know how to act. Producer Jay is going to have to tell me because he's like a fantasy football savant or something. You anyway. It
2: in everyone's T- facing your league.
0: Ty- Ty-
2: That's how Ty- an
1: appropriate <laughs> fantasy football winner does it. <laughs>
0: Tyreek Better do this next week, okay? That's all I'm saying. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. So, yes, Ryan Radke and Westwood won as well as Dolphins Radio with those highlights. Uh, it's middle of the third quarter. L.A. is only able to manage a couple more field goals. But here's the the kicker. Well, haha, that was not even intentional pun. Uh, the, the thing is, <laughs> the last field goal drive, the Chargers keep the ball nearly nine minutes. So they may only come away with three points. I'm sure they would have preferred to slam the door. But when you've got a game that's this lopsided in terms of time of possession, the Chargers have the ball 19 minutes longer than the Dolphins. It's really difficult to be able to make up ground. And the Dolphins ultimately don't make up enough ground. And the Chargers are able to recover the onside kick. And finally, mercifully for the Dolphins, their West Coast trip is over. I know we had some new Mike McDaniel cuts in the system. Are they any better? Okay. So producer Jay is going to give us a little Mike McDaniel initially he was eating the microphone or something. I don't know. The audio connection was bad, but these might be better.
1: It's, you know, football is a humbling game and that, uh, you know, these are the things that you have to learn as a team. Unfortunately, we, uh, we had to learn it the hard way. So that's that's not, you know, for wh- what we want to do with this team. That's not going to get us there. This is just another opportunity for us as a as a team. Um, you know, to, to face this and, and look at it head on, um, and and learn from it. There's there's no other way that uh, you can go around it. Um, we'll, we'll look at it uh, straight in the eye and, and see what we can learn from this, and we we got to turn the page quick because we. We're playing a really good team next week as well.
0: That would be the Buffalo Bills. So what is wrong with the offense right now? An offense that only goes 3 of 11 on third down. I mean, this is a Dolphins team that won five in a row when two are returned. But managed just 145 yards passing on Sunday.
1: Everything. Um, I mean, from the communication to... um, you know, getting getting the details right with with our guys, um, you know, and and just being able to, to make plays for 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 our team. And uh, like I said, it is very disappointing um, for for us to go out and do what we did. Um, you know, we we worked too hard to to put up a performance like that to to not, you know, be be in rhythm on time with certain throws to. Um, you know, not be able to execute some some plays, and you know, just just not not look like the football we're, we we've been playing earlier in the season.
0: Who Saturday night in Orchard Park? It's the start of the NFL sprawling over onto Saturdays, uh, and so that is the marquee game for Week 15, at least on Saturday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Remember how the Bills had not been able to win a division game in their first couple tries? Well, they pay back the Jets on Sunday. We'll squeeze in a little bit of that coming up. But this game ultimately about the Chargers getting back above 500. And Justin Herbert, he points to that defense for L.A. I think it's a lot of times more the offense covering up for the defense, but not in this game, able to limit Tua and limit the weapons for Miami.
2: We've got a lot of respect for Tui. You know, he's an incredible quarterback, and, you know, he's made some big plays this year. And, um, you know, I think it's just a credit to the defense for, for the week of preparation they put in together. And, um, you know, they were connected, and they were flying around, and they were playing, you know, fast football. And that was really fun to watch from our defense. And, uh, you know, they got a really good football team on that side of the ball. Um, and so just a ton of respect for those guys and um, just told them to stay healthy, keep getting after it, and fun to watch him.
0: And Miami manages just 219 total yards. And think about it. The majority of that comes on Tyree Kills' two touchdown runs. He had, what, 117 yards on those? Two, or they weren't runs, sorry. Well, one of them was a run. <laughs> it was a scoop and score. <laughs> but he had a 60-yard touchdown catch. So if you look at his total yardage, you're talking about the majority of their offense coming on just those two plays, right? So Tua accounts, He he has 145 through the air. Tyree Kill himself, he ends up with most of that. It's just, it's weird. It's it's weird to think about where the Dolphins were and how they've played in the last two games. And yes, the Niners' defense is formidable, but you don't often think that about the Chargers. They have the pieces on paper, but have they played like this? No. So good for them. But also Justin Herbert. With that big arm and the 367 yards, no turnovers in this game. Certainly, Brandon Staley feels real comfortable with his gangsta QB.
1: He definitely led the way for our team. I thought he played with great energy tonight uh, that really affected his teammates in a positive way. Just made a lot of winning plays, really good decisions throughout the game. And, you know, when you have all your weapons you know we're gonna get dp back next week so i'm not gonna say all of them but you know when you get mike back in in this movie it just it looks different it feels different you know there's just more available to you and so um those guys were able to connect tonight uh keenan uh, was you know his usual self tonight. I felt like you know nine guys caught passes tonight. So that's that's the offense that we like to play, where people touch the ball. I thought we ran the football well enough. Um, and like I said, Justin was was fantastic in, with his decision making tonight. That's a good defense that we just played. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, so to do it against them, you know, I think is a is a great thing for our team.
0: Certainly helps that Mike Williams was back from injury. Six catches, 116 yards. Though still hobbled a bit, kind of on and off the field. And as much as the Chargers have battled injuries. You uh, asked Drew Tranquil, and this is just an opportunity for others to step up and to show what they can do.
2: Had young guys just come in and ball out. And I think that speaks to uh, the character of our locker room, um, the resiliency, the relentlessness, and just the hunger to win. And uh, I think that showed itself tonight in a big time game.
0: The Notre Dame linebacker is part of that Chargers defensive effort. So, yes, Chargers move to seven and six. They don't gain any ground on. The Kansas City Chiefs, we'll talk about them a little bit later. But what the Chargers do is keep themselves ahead of, say, the Patriots, who are at 6-6. and And now the Chargers are tied with the Jets in terms of record. They've also got the same record as the Titans. However, the Titans are a division leader. They don't often play like one. And you know what we saw on Sunday? The Clemson version of Trevor Lawrence that used to tear up defenses in college football. Titans, and why are the Jaguars talking about the playoffs? Are you kidding me? Tis the season. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas and a lot like NFL playoffs. You can find us on Twitter, Radio. Titans are definitely a choice for Mortification Monday. Which team, which fan base should feel the most mortified, morose, moody, melancholy, and manic on Monday? So the poll is on Twitter, After Hours, CBS, or... On our Facebook page. Glad to have you with us. Good morning to you here on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. He's dropping the throw is Trevor. Scrambling to his right, fire That ball's caught by Evan Ingram to the five. Into the end zone, touchdown. That's a touchdown for Jacksonville. Trevor drops. Pump fake. Fires toward the goal line, that ball is going to
3: be... ...the ball he did get both for 11 seconds. Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones,
1: and the Jags take the lead on second and goal from the half-yard line. Trevor keeps it on his own read, tries to get to the corner, dives for the end zone, touchdown! Trevor fires left side, that ball is going to be... ...caught for the touchdown by Evan Ingram in the left corner in the end zone! Are you kidding me? The Jags have extended the lead! It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody on After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
0: Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars looked like a winner. They looked like a contender on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. This game was in Nashville, too. Early on, a pair of touchdown passes for Trevor, both coming after Tennessee fumble. So that is the key. The Titans could not hang on to the football on Sunday. Both Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry end up with fumbles in the first half. Tannehill also throws an interception, which leads to a Jacksonville field goal and points off turnovers. That is your theme for this AFC South clash. couple more touchdown drives to begin the third quarter for Jacksonville. And Lawrence not only rushed in for a touchdown, but then Evan Ingram. Massive game, probably his best one since he got to Jacksonville. A 21-yard TD catch. There's another Derrick Henry fumble, and the Titans can't get out of their own way. I honestly was expecting a 400-yard game from Derrick Henry because this was home at Nissan. Is it still Nissan Stadium? It was home in Nashville, and yet after nearly 100 yards in the first quarter... It's a couple of fumbles and very little after that. Good for you, Jacksonville. But honestly, it helps when you have four takeaways. So they won the turnover battle for zip and scored 20 points off Titans turnovers. 20 points. That's the majority of their offense coming after Titans turnovers. Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson version, a career-high 368 yards passing and three touchdowns. Ingram with 162 of those yards. So there's a connection there. But mostly, the Jaguars are able to end their losing and their futility and that bitter taste that they always get in Nashville. Do you know how long it's been since they've won in Nashville? Almost a decade. First win at Tennessee since 2013. And all of a sudden... They're talking about playoffs.
2: Just show what this team's made of um, and the direction we're headed. I think that's huge. And to have to, to get some momentum back this last stretch, you know, at the end of the season, obviously these games are huge if we want to give ourselves a shot uh, at the postseason. And, wait, wait, what? Um, I think this is, you know, you can't win whatever, five of them until you win one. And today, prime example of just trusting my guys to go make plays and then making them for us. I mean, that's what the game comes down to. I talked about it. Against Baltimore after that game is just it's players not plays you know trust trusting them and just the chemistry that we have is, is really is really growing so it's cool to be a part of I just think the attention to detail
3: um, <clears throat> you know understanding their jobs their roles you know leadership stepping up all of that was a factor in you know victories like this
0: okay let's not get crazy <laughs> actually get crazy all you want My motto is find people in life or you're kind of crazy. And clearly Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson are cut from the same cloth. But this, to me, the way that he was flying around, Trevor, not Doug, it looked a lot like the unfettered, free to create and free to fly, free to let it fly, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. I know it's been a tough year and a half of, of NFL Acclamation, But most of that has been, well, a lot of that was on Urban Meyer. A lot of that is just on the fact that he was drafted number one overall by a terrible team. They were starting from the ground up. Actually, they might have been underground and had to dig out. But here they are with a coach who brings credibility and a Super Bowl resume. And now they're on the move. So the Titans take a step back and they're seven and six. While the Jaguars move to five and eight. And the reason that matters is because, yeah, they're on the outside looking in, but they've got the same record as the Browns and the Steelers. The same record as the Raiders. These are teams that are poised to steal a wild card. I mean, it'd be an all-out scrum. But these are teams that are poised to steal a wild card if the Jets and Patriots continue backpedaling. It's... Fascinating to think about the number of teams that are still alive and can be talking postseason in the AFC. Meanwhile, for Mike Vrabel and the Titans, they've lost three in a row and do not look anything like a division
3: leader. We're prepared. I I don't know what it says, you know, about this. We understand that there's going to be some some ups and downs, and we're going to have to be able to weather the storm and find out, you know, Who's willing to kind of you know, give us that extra push here down the stretch?
2: What can you do? I mean, come in, make the corrections, learn from it, and put the game plan together, go win the game, and focus on that. I mean, it's over. It's in the past. We lost. And um, come in tomorrow and
3: correct. And you take care of the ball, and you take care of the ball. Um, that's all you can do is come in and get better.
0: Derek Henry, the couple of fumbles, though he does go over 100 yards, most of that in the first quarter, and you can imagine it is morbid and morose in the Titans' facilities on this Monday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Of course, the Titans would still be uh, hosting a playoff game if they hang on to that lead in the AFC South. Meanwhile, everybody in that conference is looking up at the Bills and the Chiefs, who busted out to a 27-0 lead in Denver only to see turnovers turn into their Achilles heel and allow the Broncos right back into it. And they may very well have caught the Chiefs if not for Russell Wilson getting hurt. He ends up suffering a concussion and a massive knot on his head. It was scary to see. As he's running toward the goal line in the fourth quarter, he does not die or he does not slide, excuse me, he dives to try to get extra yardage and got hit pretty bad. So he was out of the game. Brett Ripon comes in the game. Chiefs at this point are actually playing keep away from the Broncos. No one has played keep away from the Broncos offense all year long, but they're trying not to give the ball back to a Denver team that was looking for the upset.
2: Three tight ends. Pacheco up the middle, cuts it left 40. Runs
3: over a defender now, too. Pacheco drives! He's got a first down! He gains 11 yards to the Bronco 34-yard line. Isaiah Pacheco, one of the best seventh-round draft picks in NFL history, took on all those dudes in the box and said, I'll close the box and run
0: it home to Kansas City. What a run by Pacheco. Pacheco and Brock Purdy making history as seventh-round draft picks in the NFL on Sunday. Yeah, Pacheco seems to love the contact. I think he relishes it. And by keeping the ball away from the Denver Broncos the last four and a half minutes, the Chiefs were able to protect a win that shouldn't have been this tight. That's 14 straight for the Chiefs against the Broncos. 10-3 and is their record now, tied with the Bills for best in the AFC. But Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions. He had three touchdowns. But he also had three interceptions. Not going to play your best football every week,
2: um, but how can you build on on your uh, your past week and your, the rest of the season um, to make sure you're playing your best football when the playoffs come around?
3: It's the play after the play that I like to I like to call kind of the extended play that makes Pat Mahomes the best quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, even when you think you got us, we still got one five back there making plays.
0: That's Travis Kelsey raving about his quarterback. Really, is his other half. Kansas City, they're typically not going to race out to a 27-0 lead anyway. I think they actually play better from behind. But the way that they were able to score at will early on, it was only until the turnovers that Denver got back into it. But we also got Mahomes improvising again. Underhanded, sideways toss to Jarek McKinnon. He kind of rolled the ball up in the air. He didn't throw it. He flipped it underhanded to McKinnon, who then turns and goes 56 yards for a touchdown. McKinnon had a huge game.
3: That was beautiful.
0: As for Nathaniel Hackett, he loses his starting quarterback again, this time Russ with the head injury.
2: He obviously ended up getting the concussion. Uh, I think our medical team did a great job getting him uh, in here, and he's in the concussion protocol now, so we'll go through that uh, step-by-step process and do it the right way, but he was playing, uh, playing really well.
0: Concussions were a problem for quarterbacks on Sunday in the AFC. Not only did Russell Wilson end up in concussion protocol uh, and did not return to the game, obviously, but we had the same thing happen with Kenny Pickett, the rookie starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then Tyler Huntley, who's the backup for Baltimore, starting for Lamar Jackson. He actually ended up
1: in concussion protocol. I'm talking to him right now. I, I can't speak down to it, but he seems good to me. He's reciting the months of the year backwards. Can you do that right now? No. I can't. Yes. Okay, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. You just got to trust the docs on that, and they'll do a good job with it. And whatever it is, it is. I mean, if Tyler can go, he'll be there, and Anthony will be backing him up. If he can't go, Anthony will be there playing, and, and Brent will be backing him up. So we'll go with what we got. And uh, we're, I, I promise you, everybody in that locker room trusts everybody we got. Not only
0: was Brock Purdy pressed into a start this week for the San Francisco 49ers, and we'll get to that after the update. But Anthony Brown, an undrafted rookie quarterback, had to step into the game for the Ravens, who are clinging to a very slight lead over the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Seriously, Anthony Brown, and yet he was calm. He was relatively poised. They went run heavy, obviously. They really mostly asked him to, to uh, hand off. But his very first snap, he throws the ball like it's no big thing. Anthony Brown and Brock Purdy, welcome to the NFL. Who's most mortified on this Monday morning? Our poll's on Twitter and Facebook. It's After Hours CBS Sports Radio.
1: Nobody's got it better than the Ravens. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Jennings and uh, Ray Ray are right. Purdy going to throw for the end zone for McCaffrey the catch for a touchdown what an adjustment there by christian mccaffrey here's purdy gonna hand off to mccaffrey again gets into the second level 20
3: 15 10 5 touchdown c m c and the dynamite has detonated again
1: this is after hours with amy lawrence
0: Greg Papa, Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. Yes, CMC. Do you think he's a difference maker? The Niners have won six games in a row since the Christian McCaffrey trade from the Carolina Panthers. Oh, there might be a tie there. There might be a correlation. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It wasn't just Christian McCaffrey. It was Brandon Iyuk. It was definitely, um, let's see. Definitely this, this rookie quarterback who was drafted last overall in the spring. Yeah, this is an offense that has a ton of weapons, but it also has this young man who was not even born when Tom Brady first was drafted in the NFL. He's on the other sideline on Sunday. And yet Purdy is prepared and confident and is going out there having the time of his life. So here, here's what I love, though. This was his welcome to the NFL moment. He takes his very first snap and he's greeted rudely by an unblocked defender, Keanu Neal, who smashes him in the helmet. That's his very first snap in his first career start. Welcome to the league, Brock Purdy. But he gets up, dusts himself off, goes back to work. And he actually said that helped him when this game got underway.
2: When we found out, you know, we're getting the ball, to start the game out, that's when I was like, okay, like, this is getting real. Well, let's go. And so that's why I'm saying, like, to sort of get hit on the first play, it's sort of, I sort of liked it. But <laughs> other than that, um, you know, it was just a, it was another football game.
0: He and Isaiah Pacheco also have that in common. They sort of like getting hit. The Niners race out to a 35 nothing lead. Christian McCaffrey, a big reason why, over 100 yards rushing, couple of touchdowns. The defense allowed the Buccaneers nothing, as in nothing. And so it was domination on both sides of the ball. And once again, Tom Brady and the the Buccaneers, they fall below 500.
1: There's so many different little stats and things and probably not a lot of things we have a lot of advantages on, you know. Um, so we're just going to try to get back to work this week and you know, play a good team at home and see if we do a lot better job. We got to decide what kind of team we want to be. We can't be... One set of bucks and another set of bucks. It's gotta mean something. We got a one game lead with four games to go. Either we want it or we don't. No, we gotta play better. We gotta play better. We know what Donovan is. We can't have the penalties. It's Bucks beating Bucks. He had some last week, he had some this week. He's gotta play better. We gotta play better as a group. We gotta coach better as a group.
0: It was buck on buck crime. That's what it was. It was buck on buck crime. Oh dear. Eight penalty flags, only sixty-nine rushing yards. They can't run the ball to save their lives and three turnovers, which made the task a whole lot worse. A couple of emotional moments for the Niners, too, and I want to make sure I get to these because there was a lot of camera time for Brock Purdy's family, and his dad, who was a former professional baseball player, Sean, I believe his name is, was actually tearing up and crying. So the, the whole family's celebrating like it's 1999, um, but the the dad had a moment where he got emotional, and that was really cool for Brock to have his family in the stands.
2: I saw them right after the game and, and just, you know, the emotions on their face and um, just the way they look down at me from up on the railing. Um, man, it just means a lot because just throughout my whole life, the, the ups and downs of playing a quarter, playing quarterback in general, you know, high school and college, they're the people at home that just believe in you and they always see the best in you. And so um, they believed in me even though I was the last draft pick and all that kind of stuff. Like they were, they've always been telling me, like, you're good enough and, and we know that you can do it. And so to see them after – That performance uh, meant a lot to me, and so very blessed to have them as my family.
0: Six consecutive wins. The Niners are now 9-4, and and they have an extra game up on the Seahawks because Seattle lost to Carolina at home on Sunday. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I mentioned, sorry, one other emotional moment. Debo Samuel is in tears as he's carted off the field, though the word is that he managed to avoid a knee injury, which I think was what a lot of people expected, what he probably thought. It appears to be a high ankle sprain. Now, that could likely keep him out the rest of the regular season, but isn't one that would require surgery, theoretically. So we'll wait to hear more on Debo coming up on Monday. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers fall to 6-7, and Do you know who else has the record 6-7 and in the NFC? That would be the Detroit Lions. Oh, have the Bucs fallen to a new low? Those Lions now have the same record. It was an explosive day for the Detroit Lions hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Jared Goff able to work deep shot after deep throw. I don't know. Is there a potential debate here that the Lions might have gotten the better end of the the trade with the Rams? I know they got a Super Bowl ring, so I guess for now it's a moot point. But Matthew Stafford's older, and he's out the rest of the way. Meanwhile, Jared Goff is chucking and ducking. I mean, <laughs> this is a game in which Jared Goff was having a blast, just throwing the ball all over
1: the field. Goff looks out over that Minnesota defense. Now he ducks in, hands it to Jackson. Bounces left, outside at the 10. Jackson 5, angling for the end zone. Did he get in? Yes, sir! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Oh, baby, Justin Jackson, what a run. Had to outlace the man
0: in the corner, and he did it. So Jared Goff, with the pass, is able to open up the run game for the Lions and the opposite, right? The Lions are able to run the ball. This has been a constant challenge ever since I've worked in the business. The Lions having a consistent run game. 134 yards on the ground. Nearly 470 yards of offense for these Lions. And you also get a 48-yard touchdown pass to DJ Chark. A 41-yard touchdown pass to Jamison Williams. I know we had a montage. If you want to give me either one of those, Jay, I'm good. I just can't play all of them. (laughs) Because Dan Miller's the best. I love the Lions play-by-play voice, Dan Miller. It's been a long time since he's had this kind of excitement in his voice, too. And so Detroit is scoring early and often. They get the benefit of a Dalvin Cook fumble inside the 10-yard line. So they're up at the half. And then the Lions come out in the second half. And they score on all four of their drives. Just give me one golf touchdown pass. Just one. And I'm happy, Jay. You should see Jay's face.
2: You should see how this thing is organized.
0: Uh, Well, not organized. He's going through audio files, which is hard to do because some of our newer tape operators have zero Anal retentiveness, apparently. Zero need to organize. And so the, the audio is all over the darn place.
3: <laughs> Goff will take the direct snap. Single back is swift. Goff turns, fakes the
1: pitch, throws, end zone, caught. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Josh Reynolds. There you go. Touchdown! Oh, there you go. Baby, they faked the pitch. Goff came
3: up firing and Reynolds was right there. Okay. That is beautiful.
0: That's so beautiful, Dan Miller. Thank you, Jay. So three touchdown passes for Jared Goff. But really, his biggest pass may have come late in this game as they're trying to, to, run a, well, to run away. As they're trying to steal out of Ford field with a big victory. In motion is Sewell. Goff to throw. Wants to throw it to Sewell. He caught it.
1: he saw it. Yes. The big man dives down to the 31-yard line. Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> 10 yards. Panay Sewell with the grab.
0: Oh, big man catch. And it wasn't a TD. It didn't have to be. It was a first down to allow the Lions to keep the ball away from Kirk Cousins and the Vikings and run out the clock. I mean, listen to these Detroit numbers. Seven to fifteen on third down, two for two in the red zone. They have more offense and more productivity than do the Vikings, who actually have a franchise record, 223 yards receiving for Justin Jefferson. That got wasted by Minnesota. They still don't clinch the North. The Vikings fall to 10-3. and And I got to tell you, the atmosphere at Ford Field, electric. Amazing. Good for you, Detroit. Are you starting to believe, Lions fans? This is five wins in their last six games. At what point do you stop expecting the other shoe to drop?
3: Who says we can't get flexed? I'm
0: just saying, this team now has the same record as the Bucks. And Dan Campbell, well, he's always on fire.
3: We stayed true to what we were about. And uh, and they knew, they believed we were one play away. And that's, that's where we've been. And so now we're making the, the play. You know, we're, we're making the one extra play. Uh, this is not costing us, you know, and, and we're able to over, overcome some of these mistakes We were making earlier. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to be here I said that in my opening press conference anybody that read that or saw that it was one of the reasons I want to be here because I knew this could be a special place man. This is one of those areas where uh, you get a winner here in Detroit and uh, and it, It'll be something special and it's not like that everywhere. It's not and so to get this place back on its feet, man, play winning football, something that hadn't been done here in whatever that is, 20-something years uh, or over. And, uh, you know, it is, but we're not there yet. We're not there, you know. We're playing pretty good football, and uh, we just won another one. And and now, man, yeah, it feels good. Let's go get the next one. That's all we can worry about. Who's got
1: some nuts on him, bro? Like, that's simple as that. I couldn't find another word, but, oh. yeah. Dan Campbell's going to be here, and nobody's going to change that, and that's what I love about him. Huh.
0: All right. What is with all the talk about, well, you know, these days? Apparently it's December, and these these things come into play. Jared Goff, three touchdowns, no sacks, no turnovers. That's the recipe for success. Meanwhile, a lot going wrong for the Vikings, but they got to figure it out to clinch that North Kirk Cousins.
2: Always tough to, uh, to lose um, in this league. And um, you know, there's plenty of plays we can point to that uh, you know could have made a difference in the game if we had executed better. Um, you know, I thought we were explosive on offense for much of the day. Um, you know, Justin did a phenomenal job again, having a big day. Um, he was being doubled, oh, and safety game. was helping. But um, you know, I think tribute to him, but tribute to Kevin and our coaching staff just continuing to find opportunities to still get him the football. Um, we really struggled to have a sustaining running game today. All right, Kirk, hush up. Um, you know, not not enough production there.
0: Why is he still talking? Oh, okay. So, Kirk, that's always the time we have. So, the only team to clinch a playoff spot this weekend so far, the Eagles at 12-1. and Vikings have got work to do. We'll talk to you tonight after Monday Night Football. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Boom!